the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. That's right, baby. And I know that I am back in Chicago, not just because I'm looking at Bunny for the very first time since we've been partnered together. She's through the glass. I could see the expression on her face. Always wonderful. But because right when I got off the plane, was waiting for my Uber, I got the Chicago welcome. Yes, 320-pound woman spitting on the curb lets you know you are in Chicago, baby. And you get beeped at at the drive through a Starbucks by another dainty feminine little flower. You got to love it. It's like Philadelphia without the good sports teams. It's fantastic. And another reason you know you're in Chicago, I put on uh, Flannery Fired Up because I tape it. And there he is. In all of his moronic investment, or no, what is he, an investigative reporter? At least he's supposed to be. It's easy to mix up because something tells me he's made more correct financial moves on information than an investment banker, and he's supposed to be an investigative reporter in the most, yes, in the number number two pencil beard, and the most corrupt city in Chicago. So he is there, and he is interviewing Mike Madigan's hand puppet, who wants you to believe he's the Socrates out of Hillside, that's going to fix everything. Now, if I remember correctly, I used to drive through Hillside on my way to high school. I was never too impressed with Hillside. Never thought it was. It was a nice town that unfortunately suffered all of the same ills as any Democrat hub municipality slash sewer. Corruption, in- inadequacies, skullduggery, municipal worker scam, all the usual stuff. Well, here he is. He's in his full glory. And he's uh, telling you how great it's going to be. Sure, you're going to pay more for energy, but that's investment. He's telling you how great the crime is going to be. And and uh, it's not a, an explosion the way we see it, you know, as victims of the Democrat base. But it, it it's all, it's got to equal out. And how it's going to equal out is we're going to let the criminals go instead of, like, arresting them and bail. We're not going to encumber them with bond or any of that stuff. It's just going to be good because we're going to, we're going to invest all of the spiel that has created this utopia we pretend works called Illinois. Absolute and total bankrupt. And where is the nucleus of that corruption and failure? Chicago. So Chicago's got some real budget realities it has to do with. And by the way, I was going to cut all the clips of Chris Welch and the investigative reporter. And you could thank me. Because I wasn't going to make you listen to that bald face liar. See, bald face is a double entendre because he's actually bald. And he does it with a straight face. Bald faced liar. Chris Welch, Mike Madigan's hand puppet. Tell you how great it's going to be if only we continue to tax and spend until the rest of the people that work here move out. And then they'll have the welfare utopia they deserve. It'll be the municipal kings and then all the rest. Just like the Soviet Union, you're going to love it. But I said, no, I will not put my audience 
through that absolute and total liar. Instead, we're going to focus on the hub. I mean, if you're going to deal with the mobsters, you go right to Don Corleone. You go to Chicago, baby. You don't mess around with Chris Welch. Include any new fines or fees, but if you own property in the city, expect a slight increase in the property tax. Now let's think about it. If you own property in Chicago, expect a slight increase in the property taxes. Now, if you own property in Chicago, you're probably trying to figure out exactly how to get the hell out of there or to gate off your community so you could pretend that it isn't similar to Cambodia during the fall or Afghanistan, Talabadistan right now, except it's a little safer. Granted, the reasons you're getting shot and and robbed are different, but I say it's almost safer in Talabadistan than it is in the city of Chicago. So for that convenience and mayhem, Your reward is you're going to pay more taxes. And I keep thinking about all of the people that were already struggling to pay everything. You know, like 90% of the people who are forced to live under these conditions. And what does it feel like to know that you're struggling now to pay your electric bill? And that's going to go up thanks to the Democrats. And But it's all for a good investment. Sure it is. And then you're in the city of Illinois, where the news clips are used as a how not to run a city and how not to live in the subhuman conditions of the Democrat utopia. And once again, your reward, you're going to just pay a little bit more. And you wonder how long they're going to put up with this. And then you realize, forever, forever, because they're ultimately bailed out. They're ultimately bailed out by the rest of the states, by the rest of the, the, the country, is paying for the failure and corruption that is never held to accountability because the people and the Democrats can never get enough of this kind of failure. And it makes sense as you step back that the same thing happens nationally when they're in charge. Raise the debt ceiling or what? Or else it'll be the end of all time. Raise the spending or what? It'll be the end of all time. It's the same nonsense. And in the meantime, it's almost fun to have these freaks that are Democrats. Come on. They're shiny, bald heads, the women dressed in men's suits. It's almost exciting to have them come on and tell you it's not so bad. And by the way, We're going to continue to make Illinois, and this is exactly what Chris Welch said, we're going to continue to make Illinois a great place to live. (laughs) I can't even get it out. Uh. Glenn Marshall's at City Hall with more. Glenn? Hey, good morning, guys. Now, that increase comes as the mayor announced last month that the city is dealing with a $733 million deficit. Now, here's a breakdown of this proposal that we have seen uh, so far. According to the Chicago Sun-Times, property tax levy is expected to increase by $76.5 million in 2022, including in that number is an automatic escalator of $22.9 million. That's the part I like. See, in it, it's not what you see now. There's an automatic escalator that will continue to go up. And by the way, it went up. Even with that, they have to do it again. Sound familiar? Wherever they touch, bankruptcy, financial problems, bald face lies soon to follow. There is a list of investments in that budget, which would include $166 million for community development, $157 million for affordable housing, $100 million in community safety, and $65 million for youth opportunities. Now, we are expected to hear more about this budget. Does anybody ask what that looks like? Youth opportunities. Who's in charge of that? What does that look like? And what does it produce? Because I'm not impressed with any of this. And I'm wondering, is it just the word salad that the Democrat voters, the kind that would vote for this moron in Hillside, Chris Welch, Mike Madigan's hand puppet, the kind that would vote for the moron that runs Chicago or the moron that runs Illinois, 
They just like a word salad of deception. Proposal from the mayor later on this morning during the meeting. Uh, of course, we'll bring that to you as uh, we get that more detail of that budget as we receive that. So we'll bring that to you later on this morning. So now that's the spiel that you've been listening to all of your life as the quality of your life in the city of Chicago, in the county of Cook, in the county of DuPage, in the state of Illinois has gone down. You've been listening to the same nonsense, more money, more debt, more spending, you know, for the youth, for the old people, for the same nonsense. It ties in to the national debate by the same poverty profiteers. Those politicians deciding and understanding that if the conditions are bad enough, your situation is hopeless and you'll stop questioning them. It's why it sounds exactly the same, only with an accent from Brooklyn, from a true communist. We're back now with the chairman of the Senate Budget Committee, Vermont Independent Senator Bernie Sanders. Did they say budget committee? He's the head of the budget committee, a communist, one of the only senators, only to espouse, at least be honest, about his love of the former Soviet Union. This is the head of the budget committee. And you want to know what the future of America looks like? Picture what we're hearing here in Chicago and just expand it 10 years nationwide. It's going to be the same spiel. And you never know. Chris Welch is such a good liar and propagandist and such a notable foot soldier for the Democrat mafia. He may be telling you this on a national platform. He joins us from Burlington. Good morning to you, Senator. Good morning. Lots to get to with you today, but I do want to ask your reaction to uh, news that the U.S. military killed seven children, three civilian adults in this drone strike. Uh, You have in the past been very critical of reliance on drone strikes. Are you comfortable with the Biden administration's over the horizon policy? Well, I certainly hope they understand what happened and make sure that never happens again. As for the seven kids and the guy that helped us, you know, for the whole time he was alive before he had the seven kids, the guy who was a, a an asset to the American people that we blew up, we hope it doesn't happen again. Hey, you want to help us in the next war? Um, this is not only a human tragedy, it reflects on us before the entire world. It's unacceptable. But we'll accept it. Immigration. I also want to get your reaction to what the Biden administration just said they're doing this weekend, which is to step up deportations, um, particularly of some of these Haitian migrants who have gathered uh, in southern Texas, thousands of them. Congresswoman Ilhan Omar has called it inhumane. Do you agree with her? And looking at what you're working on right now on Capitol Hill, do you expect immigration will be tucked into this three and a half trillion dollar spending plan? I hope it will, in the sense that right now we have uh, many, many millions of undocumented people in this country, people who are working hard. In fact, people who have maintained this economy, people doing the essential work, uh, something like 11 (laughs) million people. And I would hope very much, and I think the American people agree, that now is the time. And if we can do it through reconciliation, I'm there, I want to do it, to move toward a path toward citizenship and comprehensive immigration reform uh, through the reconciliation bill. See, but that, it's hope. always about the spending hidden in the reconciliation bill. I don't know if it's the if it's the the Brooklyn accent or the fact he's a Soviet, but for some reason you can't pronounce that. But that's all right. In the reconciliation bill, more spending for more programs to help the people, and nothing to help the Americans, nothing to help the people who make it go around. Just like here in Illinois, 
There's nothing in there. If you work and you don't need the state for your sustenance, there's nothing in there for you. This is all for the virtue. Who are, who are, who are those people with virtue? Oh, the welfare people, the people who vote Democrat. Same thing expanded on the national level. The problem is that I have. If we haven't been able to beat it right here in the capital of American communist, communism and the Democrat mafia stronghold of Chicago and Cook County in Illinois, what makes you think you can stop it nationally when they're all in charge and they're all applying the same skullduggery, the same scams, the same talking points? What makes you think you could stop it? I'd like to know what you think. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls and comments when I get back. It's all different being back. I do love it to a certain extent, but I miss smoking the cigars. It's all right. We'll see what we can do here. One thing I don't like about being back is that you're constantly reminded that the beat will go on. The policies have not failed enough for the people to reject them. The hopelessness, the trajectory of loss, the lies, they all continue. You make it so I could hit the button here, Bunny? Bunny? Whether or not that can be done is still going to be decided. I know you say you want it done, but isn't this exactly the same kind of social policy that moderates are balking balking at here? Because you're tucking it into a mechanism that even you have said in the past should just be used for budget and spending. Well, the truth is that when you, because we have no Republican support in trying to pass a significant piece of legislation representing working families, we have to do it through the so-called reconciliation. We have to commit this this bald-faced fraud. We have to hide it in the reconciliation bill. We have to tie it to the debt ceiling of which we pretend we have one. By the way, they're going to raise it. We have to shove this down your throat in order to help you. You're going to love it, just like the people in New York, just like the people in New Jersey, just like the people in Chicago. You're going to love it. You just have to sit with us. It's going to get a little bumpy, but once we can really financially devastate you and use that as a weapon to constantly keep you in certain classes and certain income brackets, and we guarantee we're going to take away anything you achieve above that, then you're going to love it. Just like here in Illinois, when a guy out of Hinsdale Right there, when you're out of Hinsdale and you look, or I'm sorry, Hillside, when you're out of Hillside and you look at the failure in Hillside, who would take this, this person who represents the failed municipality of Hillside and put him in charge of Illinois? Same people that would take this not- noted communist and put him in charge of the budget of America on a committee. What are you, nuts? Are you nuts? He's spewing... Failed Marxism, communism, and social manipulation by the collective politicians as gods among people in the country. And it's selling. Which means that you have to obey the bird rules. I won't go into bore you with all the details. The more you hear about these parliamentary tricks, the more you understand we are a banana republic. And these frauds among us can, can commit any atrocity while hidden in a bill made up of tens of thousands of pages now. Now, it used to be offensive when they were a 1,000 pages. Now this bill, admittedly, is more than 10,000 pages. And he's on a Sunday show spewing how, of course, we had to hide it in there. Otherwise, the people would never go for it. And this is how 
this state was collapsed and taken over by Democrat mafia members. It's the same pattern you're seeing nationally. And you should be afraid. So it's something that we are arguing right now. But I do hope as we move toward what I believe is the most consequential piece of legislation for the working class of this country, as we demand that the wealthiest people and large corporations start paying their fair share of taxes, Same BS. as we lower the cost of prescription drugs, as we expand Medicare mm-hmm. to include dental care for seniors. And Are you nuts? Medicare's bankrupt. It sucks. People who are on it know it sucks. The only thing it's good for is to cheat it and to fraud it. The quality of care you get sucks. They're going to expand it. It's amazing. It's amazing that time in and time out it sells. But if it didn't, how did this state get so ruined and so hopeless? How did it happen? And the answer is the people want it that way. All right, now I'll go to the phone lines. David in Lansing. Hi, David. Uh, hey, Sean. <laughs> this subject is like comical to me. Putting Bernie Sanders in charge of anything financial is like taking a hot dog eating champion and putting it in charge of the buffet. And like we're going to, we're going to, you should have just, see. you see, now this is why I got to help you with the jokes. I know you work hard on the jokes. You probably spent all weekend. You should have just said Pritzker in charge of your buffet. You see, it would have been funnier, but a hot dog champion. If you've watched television over the last 30 years, those guys are skinny. You got to pick a fat guy. All right, but go ahead. I'll help you with your humor later. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you know, the, 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 the Democrats buy it because they see a skinny guy, you know, he, he talks good. He, uh, he says fair share. I, that phrase just, like, gets under my skin like a tick, like fair share. Oh, my God. That means we're going to uh, suck off, we're going to leech off everybody until the whole thing collapses. That's what fair share means to me, yeah. you know, as a, as a taxpayer. But I, I, so I, 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 will t- I will tell you this. From now on, when you hear fair share, I want you to ask, what fair share does a welfare recipient contribute to the nation? What's his fair share? Or does he not have one? See, because what, what you'll force the Democrat politician to admit is that he wants to take advantage of the people who are not contributing and make them feel like victims. So then th- they will chant for him to actually take away their opportunity to earn their way out of poverty. See, you have to force them into it. Kind of like the th- the, what I was trying to do with Hillside. I grew up right near it. I used to, my mother used to take me to a pool in Hillside. I loved it. It was once a great community. Look at what's happened over the last 30 years. It is a ghetto. Sorry, it just is. If I offended anybody from Hillside, you know I'm right, number one. Number two, prove how I'm wrong. When the reality is this is what the politics create. Wherever you put a Democrat, wherever you put them, two things happen. Corruption and failure. Problem is the people keep putting them in there. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it very much, David. All right, I'll get to the rest of your calls. We got this half hour, and then I got a surprise for you. Oh, but I do. What do you see who's coming on at 5.06? But that's after this commercial break. Buddy of mine that I went to uh, high school with, grew up, he's from his hillside. He texts me, he's like, it's not that bad, man. No, 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 not when we were kids, but I just pulled it up. And it's not bad. I know I know a couple policemen in the hillside. They do all that they can. But did you realize that what we think is not so bad, it's 16% higher crime than the national average in hillside. But it wasn't just that of why I pointed to Chris Welch. This is the Democrat philosophy that unfortunately has destroyed our quality of life, the equity in our houses. This is the one that costs us more every step of the way. 
And until it's defeated, it's they're going to keep moving forward with these policies of destructions, these policies of failure. Because the lining of that failure, unfortunately in this country, they get more power, more money, and they get more complacency by citizens who think it's normal now to accept this. And that's the biggest problem. See, you don't have to accept this type of failure. It is not normal to have this kind of failure. But until you figure out how to throw them out of office or to take back parties that have been really undermined by politicians, then just get used to the lies. And maybe in your mind, in a Democrat mind, luckily I don't know how they accept this. I don't know how they buy this fraud, how they think it's normal to have this kind of climate of political prostitution. Like on on Friday, how we discussed Judge James Shapiro. By the way, I went all over for breakfast today. My first day back in town, I said, well, listen, uh, uh, the Wisdom Investment Group, the one made up of judges and lawyers and aldermen, gangsters, they must be meeting somewhere. I'd like to get some investment advice from them. So I went all around trying to get steak and eggs and some insider trading tips from Democrat judges of Cook County, like James Shapiro. And like Eddie Burke, I'd like to know, where are these property investments that somehow in Chicago, in in raising costs, you guys are making money? Then you realize that's going to be a closed mafia meeting. You're not going to get in that. That's all right. You could burn the the, the, uh, napkin in my hand. How do they do it now? I don't know. Not up on the latest rules of the Democrat mafia. But Joe in Dundee wants to yell at me too. Hi, Joe. Oh, hey, Sean. Yeah. Uh, I worked at Orgos. Uh, at Wolf uh, Wolf Road and Butterfield Road. Wonderful place. Dimax. I was in there with my dad. Sure. You know, I, I grew up in uh, South Elmhurst, uh, Yorkfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was a wonderful Italian community. I remember working uh, there as a kid, and, uh, I mean, it was just uh, one of the best communities that you could ever live in. It was a wonderful you know, blue-collar was- community. It was. And I, and here, yes, my, my, my father's family li- lived in Bellwood. Same thing. Wonderful blue-collar community. And through politicians' failures, political failures, through bad decisions, they made those communities very dangerous places to live, just like Chicago. Is that fair to say? Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Uh, I, and I haven't been there in years, but uh, I just, uh, you know, remembering from when I was a kid and it was, you know, part of me. Sure. You know, because I, I worked there. That was my first job. Now, you think know? about all and, of the you know, people that are stuck in those climates, right? And all of those commercial businesses who, when you, when you look at the prices, the value, the equity in their property, the things that people work for their whole lives. Look at what it's really cost them to elect political whores like Welch, like Madigan, like Burke. Look what it actually costs you. It's a devastation that we're not supposed to be able. We're not. We don't have to tolerate this normally in this country. And what's sickening should have never happened. Is that all this guy's got to come on and do is tell you Italian community? Yeah, Yeah, I mean. Well, it was, and you got to you got to say blue collar because there were more than Italians here. Thank you, Joe, for the call. Just like all of these communities, just like. The city of Chicago at one time, broad shoulders, everyone working, businesses coming, thriving, because there was value through political choices. You've changed that. They're not victims of happenstance. You don't just wake up one day and say, "Uh oh, things are terrible. How did it happen? 
This happened, this started to happen 60 years ago when the Democrats became communists. But it does explain why Bernie Sanders is on the committee for the budget of the country. One of the only admitted socialists in the country. Hearing aids and eyeglasses as we lower the childhood poverty, as we have already done, maintain that by 50% as a result of the American Rescue Plan. I hope that immigration reform is part of that general. Giving more money to bad areas isn't eliminating child poverty. It's just pacifying terrible, terrible quality of life and paying people to harm you and telling them how you're victims and telling those good people, just shut up and take it. That's the plan of Bernie Sanders. That's the plan of the Chicago Mafia Democrats. That's the plan of the Soviets in total. And I'm wondering if you had enough of it, or are you thirsty for more? Mike in Algonquin. Yeah, hi. Uh, I got a question. The you know Where is Jesse Jackson, the NAACP, Louis Farrakhan, in this sanctuary city where black unemployment is 10% worse than... Latino unemployment. I, I almost hate that we have to categorize unemployment in racial categories. I've never, ever liked that because to me, we're playing into their hand. Here's what we should be saying. The quality of life in total among all races is much better when the economy is strong and people are working. Of all races, because here's what you have to always keep in mind, welfare recipients, there's far more white than any other race. That's just the fact. Right. So, But the quality of life among all people, when the economy is strong and people are actually working versus being paid to sit on their ass, is always better. And you have a choice to make right now in this country. You had a choice on November 3rd, which is why I will never forgive anyone that voted for the Soviets. The choice is either the people will be in control of the economy or the government will be in control of the economy. On November 3rd, the American people some alive and some dead, some real and some fake, voted to have the Soviet philosophy overtake the nation. And I have to sit here and listen to an admitted an admitted socialist, a real communist like Bernie Sanders, come in and, and be in charge of the budget committee of my country and tell me that it's the, the reason that we're not thriving is because there's not enough socialism in, in institutions that are full of corruption, fraud, and abuse, like Social Security, like Medicare, like housing, like free everything, education, and the rest of it? He's exactly wrong. So this is going to be a long 3.2 years, brother, because we're only eight months into it. Mike, you stay strong. Stay capitalist. That's the main thing. And I'll keep reminding you, Democrats are one thing. That's You know how they're going to vote. We live in the hub of the sewer. They can't get enough corruption. And the reason that they thrive is weak, worthless Republicans that stand for nothing. A couple days ago, my friend Anthony Gonzalez announced he won't run again. And now the pundits and politicos are discussing whether this means that Trump won. So let me answer this question. Now, this is Adam Kinzinger. For those of you that don't recognize that failure voice, you could almost hear it. It's nasally. It never achieved anything. And it's full of lies and scandal. This is Adam Kinzinger. The reason that the Democrats, the type, this is the type of Republican that opened the door and enriches himself while the Democrats fail, just like Illinois. This is an Illinois Republican and the prime example of one. Worthless, good for nothing, never did anything, and never achieved at anything. And somehow the people put this idiot as a representative from Illinois. So this, this moron is going to tell you how to win from being a loser 
his whole life. That's what Adam Kinzinger is, and that's what he represents. And Adam Kinzinger is the kind of Republican that voted for Joe Biden. Yes, as of now, Trump is winning. Not because Anthony decided not to run, but because so many in the Republican Party decided to stay silent. Ten of us voted to impeach the former guy, fulfilling our constitutional duty. Yet so many GOP colleagues watched from the sidelines, lacking courage to speak out while privately hoping for change. Now, this is the same guy that would support a general that went behind the back of the president while he called America's enemy the highest military ranking whatever in China to tell him, don't worry, I got your back. I got I, I'm watching things here. Adam Kinzinger supports that. Adam Kinzinger also doesn't want to impeach Biden, not just because he's absolutely and totally unfit to do anything, including walking on his own or, or changing his own diaper, but knowing full well that Joe Biden, through a liaison of his son, is invested in China, is invested in the Ukraine has been a political whore for 50 years. And what did Adam Kinzinger do when push came to shove? He voted for Biden. Like the rest of the traitors, he tells you are our Republicans. And that's how you destroy not just a great city, not just once great county or a state, but an entire damn country. Because of feckless, useless, corrupt, corporatist frauds like Adam Kinzinger and the rest of the Illinois Republicans. 312-642-5600. So as you face the uh, bipartisan infrastructure bill, of which they will successfully attach the reconciliation, they will lift the debt ceiling, they will stuff it with all kinds of social engineering that Bernie Sanders assures us will be in it. I want you to understand the kind of Republicans who are damning the future of this country. Those Republicans are the Adam Kinzingers. Those are the Republicans that want you to believe they were justified in voting for this calamity and this collapse and this destruction of American principles called Joe Biden and his administration. The idea that this guy can even go on air and lecture us on exactly what civility is, as he has been more than feckless. He's been more than he's been destructive himself. The bills that he supports have weakened this country. He owns this failed economy. He owns the failed foreign policy. That's what happens when you support it. That's why Adam Kinzinger and the Republicans like him, unless they are thrown into the correct party. Adam Kinzinger is a Chicago Democrat. He should be put into the Democrat Party. Yet something tells me the way in which people are trying to unseat him may actually solidify his position. The only real chance the Illinois Republicans have, ironically, is if the corrupt Democrats like Chris Welch simply get rid of his district. That might be the best thing for Illinois. At least then you'll be destroyed by Democrats instead of waffling Republicans like Adam Kinzinger. The future of the party and politics in this country doesn't rest on the 10 of us. It rests on the courage of the 180 others who have been silent so far. To my GOP colleagues, The time is now to speak up. I know some of you desperately want to win a Senate primary. 
I know some of you need the title, and I know some fear your own base, which in and of itself is an incredible and sad thought. See, he hates the Republican voter. Do you hear it? He has contempt for you. He speaks of you and thinks of you just like the pseudo-intellectual Marxist Bernie Sanders. How he talks of you. Listen to the words. Nothing but contempt for Illinois Republicans and Republicans in general. See, you're not smart enough to have your vote. You're not smart enough to understand. If only we entrust everything to pseudo-intellectual politicians and political whores like Adam Kinzinger. We're never going to reach that utopia that we'll get to with corrupt corporatist failures like him in charge. It's time we can clean our own house, and it's time to clean the Republican Party and throw out scum like this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This is the Sean Thompson Show, but before before it was the Sean Thompson Show, it was the Steve Cortez Show. Now, one of the best, really, one of the, one of, I've been very, very blessed in life. But one of my favorite things about this is that I wanted to start out disliking Steve Cortez. I used to compete against him. I'm like, what is this guy talking about? And then I would listen. I'm like, oh boy, smart. Damn it, he's smart. And I met him. Tall, his hair is perfect, his clothes are meticulous. I said, oh boy, this is a problem. But I got lucky because he was too pretty for radio. He had to go to Newsmax, and now he is a co-host. Well, it's really his show. I know that because his name goes first. Cortez Pellegrino on Newsmax worked in the Trump administration, was an advisor for Trump on Wall Street. He knows everybody, and he's got the shoes that tell you he's very important. Steve Cortez, how are you, you handsome devil? Hey, Sean, I am great. Uh, listen, this show got upgraded when you became the host, no doubt about it. Oh, okay. I want to say this, by the way, because, I, look, I know how it is hosting radio. You don't necessarily listen to the traffic and weather and commercials. You're busy getting ready for the hit. But if you notice there, if you, if you happen to hear during the traffic report, now I have left Chicago. I'm a red state refugee, thankfully. Or I guess I really should say blue state because I left the yeah. blue state. Yeah. But regardless, I live, in, I live in the south now in Tennessee, and I, I couldn't be more thrilled. But it, listening to Chicago, it has to be one of the only places in the world where the traffic report includes regular mentions of a shooting on Highway X. Well, that's the reason the traffic's slow. Regular part yeah. of the traffic report. Yeah, I, I mean, you get used to that stuff. But I, I, I will tell you, were you just as confused as when you see the refugees from Afghanistan? Were you walking around Tennessee going, oh, my God, look at how I can now live. I am happy. Right. Look at the place. It's magnificent. Is that was that your experience as you moved out of the? Uh, which, by the way, you were in a wonderful area, a wonderful area of Chicago that was really yeah. not going to be that wonderful, and the, the writing was on the wall. Is that fair to say? No, unfortunately, yeah. Listen, I, I raised a family in the city uh, for twenty five years. Most of it was great. 
So believe me, no, I'm not trying to call in and dump on Chicago. Yeah. Uh, and I will always bleed uh, Chicago uh, Bears blue and orange, believe me. But uh, I still believe it's the greatest city in the world. I think it has unfortunately been utterly ruined by liberals, uh, by corruption. And for me, it got to be untenable after 25 years of raising a family in the city. Um, again, most of it's fantastic, uh, but at the end, not fantastic at all. And, and even in my you know, exclusive neighborhood of the city, things were getting dangerous as hell, mm-hmm. um, armed crime regularly. And my wife and I kind of looked at each other, you know, why are we paying these taxes? Why are we dealing with the Chicago cold uh, for this? They, I think the taxes and cold were worth it for a long time because of all the amazing attributes of the city, the culture and the universities and the nightlife and the sports and all, you know, all the things that make Chicago amazing. But for me, the, the risk benefit, uh, the risk reward calculus, unfortunately, um, it tipped to the negative in the last couple of years. Now, I also realize, by the way, I'm sure a lot of people are listening. Who are like, yeah, I'd like to get on Cortez, but my job's here. I don't, and I don't have a great job in Tennessee or in Texas or you know Florida, wherever. Uh, believe me, I understand. I'm not trying to be cocky here. I know everybody doesn't have options. And I really hope and pray that Chicago and the state of Illinois can figure things out for the people who are there or who have to stay there. Yeah. Uh, but I also think for those who have options, the trend is only going to continue, unfortunately. I can't tell you how many Chicagoans I meet in Tennessee. And I'll tell you this, too, though. A lot of the Tennesseans are worried, right, that we're going to come from Chicago and we're going to bring our ways and change Tennessee. I will tell you at least so far, and this is not scientific in any way, but anecdotally, to a person, the Chicagoans I meet down there are like me. They are to the right of the Tennesseans. And they have come there as political. So I really don't think this wave, I don't think it's going to make these red states blue. As a matter of fact, I think it might make them even redder. So that's what I tell people. And listen, I'm mad at you, by the way. I I cannot believe Cortez you got me again. I thought you were going to move by Trump. I can't believe you didn't move across the Florida state from me. We could go have dinner. I wanted we, you to introduce me to the big guy, maybe play a little golf. I got uh, shortchanged again by Cortez, but I feel the exact same way you do because what I witnessed, I went to the other side. I went to Miami for a, right. a, a short time. Those, those particular people who were once kind of waffling, they were half and half. They're not anymore. The immigrants who moved there from Venezuela, from Cuba, they understand the rhetoric they're hearing from the modern-day Democrat. I actually think those, those counties that were blue have a better chance of going red than the other way around. And you couple that with the people like our listeners who even though they may not move, they are positioning themselves to move. They're investing in small properties. They're getting ready to make right. that, drop, that jump. In the future, I do think that that, that Florida that Tennessee, that the other 19 states that are fighting back against the, the Biden administration, I do think there's a good chance that they, they become very red and hold back against this. At least I'm, I'm yeah. hoping. No, I think so. I tell you, so one of the reasons I went to Tennessee, there are a lot of reasons, but one of them, which was not a minor one, is uh, in the 2020 election, Tennessee provided the biggest margin of victory numerically, not percentage, but numerically the biggest margin of victory for Donald Trump, even bigger than Texas believe it or not. That's how red Tennessee already is. You know, and again, I think the people who are coming in, and I know the Tennesseans are worried, and, and I understand that, but I think the people who are coming in at least now um, overwhelmingly are actually political refugees who want, you know, they're the people like me. And I'll give you a concrete example, uh, you know, to put, to put this into practice and how it matters for my kids. Um, the governor of Tennessee, who I, I don't think is perfect, believe, but he's good, okay? But talk about the opposite of Pritzker, what you have there. Not only is he not mandating masks, 
he actually uh, uh, signed an executive order that if there is a local mask mandate anywhere in Tennessee, because there are some around Nashville, some of the liberal parts of Tennessee, uh, that parents have the option to, to opt out, that they, they can option out of it. So he is literally on the other end of the spectrum of saying, no, if your local district is going to abuse your rights, I'm going to protect your rights um, as your governor. And I will tell you, too, you can walk around all day. In, in Tennessee and not see a mask. Okay. And by the way, if somebody wants to wear a mask, yeah, I have no they, problem with if it. If they think that's going to protect them, yeah. I don't think it is, but who cares what I think? If they think it's going to protect them, I got off the plane. I got Where? off the plane Saturday night, right? And I, I walk out. I'm waiting for Uber. My wife says, I'll pick you up. I said, what? what somebody get here. I'm waiting on the curb. Here comes a, a typical Chicagoan. Got the mask on, pulls it to the side, and spits three feet in front of me on the ground. And it's a woman to boot. But, you know, right away I'm like, come on. It, it, the whole thing is just preposterous. But one of the things I try to communicate to the people of Illinois is that there is an opportunity for you to at least hedge yourself, at least prepare yourself, and there is a way to, to fight back. One of the other things I'm aware of, when you see Washington policies, when you know that the Democrats themselves walk in lockstep to ideas they know are going to destroy the country, like the reconciliation bill, like using the, the front of an infrastructure word to hide in tax increases for anybody uh, uh, across the board who has any idea of making a decent living. And the Democrats seem to be buying this. Do you think that nationally we have a better chance of pushing back against this than we did here locally as they just had their run of the mill, run of the way right. over the policies and the taxes and the control of the city and county and state? No, I think we might on a national level because they are so vastly overplaying their hand. Um, and because, and I know you and I are of like mind on this, I also believe that inflation is absolutely out of control right now. And I think more than any other factor, and there's a lot of crises that Biden's creating, right? The, bar, the border crisis, the debacle of, in terms of the evacuation from Afghanistan, and I don't mean leaving Afghanistan, which was the right call. I mean the way in which we did it. Um, you know, there are, there are myriad, very, very serious crises that have been created by Joe Biden. But to me, the most serious by far is the acceleration in inflation. Um, everybody knows it. Everybody sees it every time they sell up their car, every time they go to the grocery store. Or uh, if they're trying to rent a new place, everybody knows it, feels it, even if they're not political. I think that this is an opportunity if Republicans have the huevos to actually act on it. Let me give you an example, by the way. I just tweeted this out of how I think Republicans have to get a little gangster, and we're not very good at that. Okay, The Democrats are great at that. I'll give them that. Right? They're, they're great in discipline. They're great at exercising power. Right? When they win an election, they, they, they drive it like they they're stole it, baby. Drive it like yeah. you stole it. When Republicans win an election, they're in office. When, Republic, when Democrats win an election, they're in power. Okay, critical yeah, difference. Really we need is. to act more like we're in power uh, right now. And I'll give you a great example. So, I, And I was tweeting in reaction to one of these morons at CNN said, oh, we, all those uh, stars last night at the Emmys, they actually were not breaking L.A. mask mandates. And here's why. Get this, Sean. Because they're actors, okay? And so because movie sets and TV sets obviously yeah. have to have exemptions, okay? That's what he's saying. So because of that, okay, it's a loophole. No, I love you know, it. I mean, let's admit yeah. that there there are people that are better than other people, and they don't have to abide right. by the rules, by the taxes, but, by the laws. Yeah, and let's get it all out there, and then I'll figure out how to be one of those people while the rest of you meander. Well, and here's a way to be, in a sense, one of those people. Here's my point. is I say, okay, you want to play that game, just pure power politics, right? Just, you know. F you eat it. You have no say, right? We make the rules here, which they do. Well, you, you would have never right? said that on your show, but you come on my show and right away, <laughs> go ahead. I'm testing the censors. Uh, but, but listen, guess what? And I, you know, and I want to see what, if I can get something done in Tennessee, all right, in states like Tennessee, where we hold all the cards, right? Mm -hmm. How about this? 
if you're if you are a company, even if you're a national company, and even if you're not doing it in Tennessee, okay. But guess what? If you are enforcing, if you are inflicting vaccine mandates upon your customers, upon your employees, we are going to punish you in the state of Tennessee. We're going to punish you with fines. We're going to punish you perhaps with shutting your business yeah. down. I don't know. I mean, DeSantis beat you to it. It's five thousand per person. So in yeah. Florida, if you're a Democrat county, where they they really have the same problems all Democrats have. They fail and they're corrupted and they, they're totalitarians. If you make the municipal workers, if you force them for a vaccine, DeSantis sues you for 5000 per worker. So now you've got right. these Democrat districts. Company, they're like, though, can he do that? Well, yeah, he's the government. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a scary thing when you realize how many people are willing to accept this. But here's another thing I want to tell you that I think is brilliant that Democrats did. They massively increased welfare to where food stamps now qualify for $850, $835 when the average family of four spends 535 They massively increase the expansion in this bill of health care, of daycare, of all this nonsense. So you buy the complacency of those people who are forced to live in those ghettos, and you, you, you're literally buying off a welfare state to, to pit it against people who have the audacity to strive to do well. That is the kind of philosophy that not only destroys countries, but it, it works here in America. And we are from the city that really implemented it. Well, they bought off the complacency of, of people as they destroyed their own neighborhoods. So what do you think? Do you think we might ha- be, have a problem here with this new bill? Massive problem. I'll tell you what, if any Republican votes for this bill, and I don't think they're going to actually. I think even the terrible ones, like you know Mitch McConnell and Ben Sass, or, and, 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 and well, Mitch has already said he won't, and Mitt Romney. Um, even those terrible Republican senators, I don't believe, are going to vote for this new bill now that it has a debt ceiling increase embedded with the spend, right? Um, and and by the way, that was a brilliant tactic of the right, not not Mitch McConnell, those people. I mean, outside folks, right, pressuring and saying, no, you have to put this all together, or if you try to do it standalone, we're not going to let you increase the debt ceiling. So I think there's a showdown looming. I hope there is, and I think for once, if the government gets shut down, which it might here in a few weeks. If it does, I think this time the Democrats will be to blame. Previous government shutdowns have been really bad politically for Republicans, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't. I, this I, one, I that's my problem. I think might be well blamed on. I think this one can be properly and 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 in a meet, even with the corrupt media, I think can be properly positioned as look, they control all three branches, right? They try to take it down the wire. They tried to pass it through gimmicks and games, uh, and we didn't go for it. They have the majority. All right. And, they, and they, they didn't get it done. I think reasonable people are going to say, even if they're not hardcore right wingers, they're going to say, you know what? This is on the Dems, the shutdown. If it so 104 years we've had the debt ceiling, the idea of it. It was supposed to be literally to do exactly what it's doing is to stop the bankruptcy of America. We have right. ignored it for 104 years. There, the, the shutdown doesn't really shut down anything. In fact, the, the payments to Social Security, the payments to the interest, and essential workers still get paid. It's the 40% of these bureaucracies that are deemed non-essential. Why cannot the Republicans explain and articulate that to the people? Why are we losing the right. argument when we're always right on the principle? Yeah. Well, listen, let's be leaders in that, right? You do it in radio waves. I'll do it on the television uh, airwaves. And let's, let's articulate that if and when this happens. And I hope it happens. All right. So now listen, uh, how's it going on the show? Because uh, I haven't gotten an email. You know, you want me to guest host or anything. Everything all right? Yeah, no, it, <laughs> it's going fine. And thankfully, it does not uh, It does not conflict with your show because I, I wouldn't even talk about it if it did. Uh, no, it, no. I'm, I, I, I have. Listen, I watch it all the time. I love it. 
Um, I'm hoping that uh, you get even bigger and better and get another promotion because I still want to steal that as well. So I'd like you to keep a streak going. Um, well, you if know, you don't you mind. Like tonight is I, I'm going to talk tonight about Governor Abbott, and I'm going to really rip him. Okay, I'm going to say for this border thing in Texas, you might like this, Sean. Look, I go after Republicans as hard as Dems. All right, it's mostly Biden's fault, of course, 90% Biden's fault, right? But. Abbott does a lot of complaining, and he posts, you know, tough things on Twitter. He's taking almost no action in Texas, and there's a lot he can do to secure the border in his state and protect his citizens. And I think it's time for him to step up, and that's what yeah. I'm going to talk about tonight in my uh, in my opening monologue. All right. Well, listen, I'm I'm going to drive next time I drive. I'm swinging by. I'm coming because I know they got the best barbecue there. So I'm inviting myself. And then you know the nice thing is, I know that your family doesn't mind because I think they like me. Amen. All right, very they good. Love you. All right, say hello to them for me, and you take care of yourself, you handsome devil. Thank you, brother. All right. you. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. You know, I uh, I love talking to Steve Cortez, and the main the main thing is we argue. You have to see like off when when I started go to his house, we have cigars. These are good arguments. When they announced um, that I was going to get the show, it was four of us on stage. Sebastian Gorka, myself, and Dan Proft. And, but, but, but it's the fun thing about arguing with people who have the same principles is that you ultimately come to a conclusion. As we are supposedly having an argument with the American Marxists calling themselves Democrats, it's totally different, totally and completely different. These are people that are trying to remake this country into a government central, government overlord society. There was a time when this would have offended all Americans, all Americans, all races, all genders, even those new ones at Starbucks with the different clothes on and the rings all over the place, not identifying themselves as men or women, even they would have been offended at the idea that we are in an America now that really feels righteous and really feels in control while failing. Because that's the one thing you never forget. Democrats are failures. They destroy economies. They don't strengthen them. The quality of life under Democrats is what you see in their areas they rule over. It's, that's it. That's the best it's going to be, and it's going to continue to fail. And the reason is because they're simply wrong. But don't all these very worthy causes you're laying out deserve their own debate and consideration? You in the past well, have said it, that this is not how. Margaret, right now we have Mike. Now, why this is important is that Democrats used to say, let's have the issues one at a time so that the American people can speak to them. Democrats today and now lie and hide them in massive bills. Well, telling the people you must do this because of the urgency the entire time transforming, transforming society itself, not through expanding the quality of life, but through de- destroying it. This is the Obama effect. This is what happened under Barack Obama as they touted one quality of life while destroying the actual quality of life in Obamacare. They learn it doesn't matter. We have to pass it to learn what's in it. As you remember, get off the table, Pelosi saying. It doesn't matter the failure. What they learned is the strength is what they're interested in. So pass the damn bill, right? Democrats, no matter what, by hook or by crook, which is what you all are.
at least Bernie Sanders, I'll give him credit here. Number one, I don't think he wears a diaper, unlike Biden. Number two, he at least is telling you he's a liar and a cheat and a socialist. Now we have no Republican support. Zero. There's not one Republican who is prepared to stand up to the drug companies and lower the cost of prescription And you may drugs. not have full debt. Now, by the way, there was a Republican that did that. His name was Trump. Did you know that he did that? He didn't do it through price control. He didn't through it, do it through bribery. He did it through competition. Through competition. Because, see, what Bernie Sanders wants people to think is he just got here yesterday. Joe Biden has been a senator for 50 years. Bernie Sanders for more than 20. Their policies are the ones that created the problem. Now they're going to double down on stupid to tell you they're going to fix it. Are you going to double down on stupid and buy it? We'll discuss when I get back. 312-642-5600. All right, Mark, stay on the line. I'm coming to you first because this is a great call. And we're going to expand upon that. As well, but the Freedom Summit 2021 is coming back to Chicago land. It's presented by Matrix Home Solution, and it's happening on Saturday, November sixth. I already know that because the big cheese, the big suit, said make sure you're in town on the sixth. Damn it, I have to be in town. But I do love, I do love Freedom Summit at the Westin Chicago Northwest in Itasca. This year's featured speakers include Senator Ted Cruz, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and Dinesh D'Souza, all of whom will be audited. You can guarantee it because the money for the IRS is in this next bill. Who do you think they're coming after? They're coming after us. The day includes book signings, breakout sessions, and much more. You can come and meet me along with Dan and Amy, all soon to be audited. But tickets are selling fast. And don't you people who have all of our numbers be texting us. No, 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 no. Go to freedomsummitchicago.com and buy yours like everybody else. That's freedomsummitchicago.com. Join us at Freedom Summit 2021 on November 6th. Now... This is a great call. By the way, if you want to be on the show, 312-642-5600. Mark in Oak Lawn, inform the people. Sean, I'll tell you what. I talked to you about a month ago. And and first of all, I want to say I'm sort of a new listener to you. And and I really enjoy your show. I think you're the best guy on on 560. uh, Hear that, Dan? No, really. Thank you. No, I'm kidding. I, I like Dan Cortez, but I'm glad that you're you're here, boy. You're awesome. And I'm, Thank you. My, my point is, I listened to Tucker Carlson about a week ago with uh, Glenn Greenwald, and and they were talking about George W. Bush, good old George, and and he came out and started talking about. He was sort of incoherent. He's talking about. Uh, He's a disgrace. Uh, people that were people that were nine one one terrorists. He was relating to them the same people that protested at the Capitol uh, for Trump. He sa- basically said they were the same people. It was like, and that's that's what Adam Kinzinger feels. That's what the establishment. That everyone's a deplorable. Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. And and what you would you know what you know? Go ahead, Sean. You know, you think about it. You know, he was in bed with the banks, the mortgage-backed securities. People were taking loans out. The banks knew they were going to default on all these loans. Bush was was uh, bailing out the, the banks. You know, you know this guy. You know, you talked about uh, Bernie Sanders standing for something. Well, at least at least he stands for something. You know, I don't agree with that. I think he's a tool, but 
but at least he stands for something. He's not lying to you. Uh, Bush basically tells you he's a conservative, and then he's in bed with uh, uh, James Clyburn. And it Joe is the Biden equivalent and- of Joe Biden saying he's a capitalist while implementing very, very communist, Marxist, socialist policies, and that's why I took your call right away. This is not normally a segment where I go to calls. I'm going to tell you something, Mark. You're exactly correct. Who you have to Can blame for this Sean? circumstance. Can I tell you something? Sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one thing. All of my conservative friends, you know, they've been giving me a hard time for years talking about George W. And, and, and look at the – he's the first one that got the ball rolling. He wrecked our country with the wars, the economy. He was clueless. With the you government know, superiority. He practices yeah, he government superiority. He's a government supremacist. Ooh, Mark, yeah, I like that. Yeah, We're yeah. going to use that from now on. Government supremacist. Go ahead. My call. I really appreciate having a, uh, you know, you're, and that's why I love your show, too, because you're, you're, you give people a chance to talk. Even if you agree with me or disagree with me, yeah. you give me a chance to talk. You know, Fine. you're not like a, you know, there's, there's shows like Hannity. I just want to turn it off. All right, we can't. Come but on I now. They're all part of the team, baby. Come on. You've got to, I yeah, love you. You love me. I but we, I appreciate it, Mark. And make the record show. He meant Dan Prof, not Dan Cortez. I know who he meant. He's 100% right. No, I'm kidding. It's it's so fun to watch Dan when we're like, and someone will say, oh, I, I, I like you, but I love it. I, Sean's show. And I make him call me, you know, colleague. He doesn't like that. And you know what? At Freedom Summit, he's going to once again have to admit I'm his colleague. But more importantly to that call was his exact correct diagnosis of it, what broke the country. George W. Bush, who had the audacity, the audacity to come out and say, I have to break the rules of capitalism to save it. What he meant to say was bastardize it for eternity. And that's what that pseudo-intellectual corporatist fraud George W. Bush did. Harvard grit. That's exactly what he did. Skull and bones. That's exactly what he did. Father CIA, Father George Bush Sr., who also broke the country, but not half as bad as W. By the way, all of what's stuffed in this Bernie Sanders Marxist corporatist government on top government supremacist bill, George Bush, Adam Kinzinger, and the rest of the fraud Republicans love it. They love it. They don't mind a bit of it. Not one Republican either. wants to build affordable housing. We can't do it without the reconciliation package. No, 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 no. There are Republicans that want to vote and, and, and have this all stuffed in it. You know who they are? Illinois Republicans. Like the Illinois Republicans who throw fundraisers for Don Harmon. Same exact scam artists, scoundrels, same exact political whores who profit from every page. Of the, we don't even know how many pages, but it's over 10,000. Same ones like little Adam. Same ones. A fear will paralyze and fill you with regret for life. What is it for a man to gain the world but to lose his soul? Oh, now he's going to, was that in the Bible? Now he's going to do religion? Come on, Adam, tell me more. That you never did a thing in your damn worthless life except use your military background to get the cushiest scam artist job in the country and you're really milking it you know who's not going to get audited by joe biden's irs adam kinzinger oh no 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 mitt romney absolutely not but if you were a trump supporter and you're a capitalist today 
You better get your affairs in order. You better get your paperwork in order because it's all in the bill of utopia. So right now what we are doing, and let's be clear, and I want the American people to understand it. We're taking on the pharmaceutical industry who are spending millions and millions of dollars trying to make sure they could charge us 10 times more than the people of other countries for drugs. We're taking on the healthcare industry right. does not want to expand Medicare. We're taking on the fossil fuel industry who thinks it's okay to continue emitting carbon while destroying the planet. So, so this is you really have to, you a monumental also... struggle. It's a struggle, all right. And the struggle is very clear. If you don't stand up and push back against the communists of both parties, against the collectivists in the Republican Party, against the Adam Kinzingers, the Mitt Romneys, the George W. Bushes, and all the rest of the political whores that want to profit on you underwriting these scam bills, then it's all lost. Then just figure out how to become part of the oligarch government supremacist mafia. Figure it out. Go be a lobbyist. So when your little kid asks you, what should we do, Daddy? What should we do? We want to have a bright future in America. What are you going to tell them when they destroy the American capitalism, American principles, when they destroy the idea of a representative Republican? Then you better start to tell them, get in on the scam or live a life where you're too stupid to see it, like a Chicago Democrat. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. Oh, now you're cooking. There we go. Let this one breathe a little bit. It's Monday. feels like a Friday when you play this kind of music. And, you know, here's the other thing to remember. It was only, what, 18 months, 20 months ago, things were running, baby, on all cylinders. Things were really running well in the economy. Now, there were some things I would have changed. Like, I didn't like the redistribution of wealth to farmers. Didn't like it. But I did like the idea that companies could keep their money and expand organically versus the new America when the most corrupt political who is among us control everything. You're going to love it. world's going to be great. But I remember what it's like to operate a business in Chicago, Illinois. I remember the hopelessness. I remember every time one of these Democrat mob bosses, and I don't just mean the aldermen, who have their investment groups, the Wisdom Table, Table of Wisdom, LLC, judges, lawyers, aldermen, and their inside land deals from the, from the tax auctions, scumbags that they are, although they seem to make a lot of money. I remember that every time they said things were going to get better, if only we taxed and spent more, I remember it got worse. So guess what's in uh, Lori Lightfoot's new budget? Same thing that's in the Democrats. More taxes, more control. More corruption. Mm-hmm. Don Bloomingdale. Sean, it's like Goodfellas. Your kid gets shot on the front porch, pay me. You get shot on the Eisenhower, pay me. This is ridiculous. Bernie Sanders should be talking about not uh, cheaper housing. He should be talking about bulletproof windows for every resident. You know, I'm so mad. I have a dear friend of mine who's got a phenomenal company. He, he built it from nothing. Him and his wife manage it. And I had this idea. I'm going to tell everybody right now because I don't care. They don't want to go forward. I wanted Kevlar, Kevlar siding. Call it the Chicago siding. You Kevlar siding, bulletproof for your windows. I mean, you got to live in the sewer. You should protect yourself. You know what I mean? And this way, the house is a fortress. That was the name, Fortress Siding and Glass. I thought it was a big winner, Don. They said, no, you know what? There's a problem. 
you can't have bulletproof glass with the fire ordinances. Once again, they regulate you out of safety. Because, you know, when you burn the house down, they got to be able to get in the windows. But I thought it was something, fortress siding and glass. If anybody steals that, I'll remember you. I'll sue you. But don't worry. It's going to go to a Democrat judge who simply wants to use that office for his wisdom or table of wisdom LLC scam group to buy it on the cheap after they destroy it and create the ghetto. Then Pritzker, yeah, see, this, they got this, they got this Chicago beat, they got the whole system beat on. But uh, yeah, that's what happens in the land of utopia, referred to as the ghetto of Chicago. Thank you for the call, Corey in Woodlawn. Hey, thanks, you, Sean. This is Corey from Woodlawn. You call it straight every single time. I mean, I first picked you up on Dan Prof show, but thank God you are on the air. You call oh, it straight man. every single time. I thought for I mean, sure you got these. Sir? I thought for sure you were going to yell at me. I thought no, for no, certain you, you were going right to yell at me. Chicago. Go ahead. No, I, I've got property in Chicago. They rob you forward and backwards. They do not care. They don't even let you get your business off the ground. They won't They won't arrest the people breaking into your home. Then they have the nerve to find you on top of that. You call it straight thank every you. time. How about the water? How about the water? Air. Oh, I appreciate that, Corey. How about the water bills that they don't talk about? How they oh esti- How they estimate them? And how they build people the most who can afford it the least. The whole time, if you're connected, you don't have that problem. And if you're connected to the aldermen who uh, are invested in the wisdom table and the ones that lower your taxes. They want to get you on every drip. If if you've got a tenant in there and the kid doesn't turn the water off, they want to get paid on every drop that comes out of the faucet. It's, it's totally ridiculous. You know why it offends me? Thank you. And thank you for listening and thank you for calling, Corey. You know why it offends me? Government's the only entity in the world that can sell you a product it doesn't own and then find you. You don't own the water, Chicago. You're politicians. You know, they tell you all about how their health care system that's riddled with corruption and fraud is a basic right. Isn't water the most basic right? How in the hell do they have the audacity to make up water prices, then tax me? You're selling me a product that you don't own. Then you got the audacity and the testicle fortitude to tax me on it, you rotten scam artists. The whole time, sometimes, you bill people who can, can not only not afford it, you're billing houses that are going through foreclosure so you can guarantee that your table of wisdom group can buy it at an auction when the bank decides it's too expensive to even foreclose on. Yet, what are the businesses that thrive in the worst neighborhoods? They're not the minority-owned businesses. They're not the businesses that go there because they can make money. They're the businesses that capitalize on the political failure we call Chicago. Have you had enough or are you thirsty for more? We'll be back. See, I did the thirsty in with the water. That's how you can really end the segment. Most guys would have let that hang out there. Not me. I'm going to end it by making you understand this is a rigged system that only the most corrupt, only the most corrupt benefit from. If you think Trump leads our party, you own his comments or you must denounce them. If you think he doesn't lead our party, you must publicly say that. The time for hiding is over. The stakes are too high. And I agree. I agree with Adam Kinzinger. I agree with him. Stakes are too high to let scoundrels like this hide in our party. Stakes are too high not to denounce and reject the corporatism that Republicans and Democrats have been using and abusing to ruin the cities of Chicago, the counties like Cook, and the state like Illinois. 
The choice is very simple. You know what the answer is. Have the courage to say it and denounce the political whores of both parties. Reject corporatism and corruption. No matter if Bernie Sanders sells it, Adam Kinzinger, George W. Bush, or the rest of it. It's time we save ourselves. All races, all parties have one answer. Americanism. Principles of liberty and capitalism. That's what saves us. Not more of these schemes by these scam artists. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. As you think back to what made America great, it wasn't politicians or political corruption. It was the principles of Americanism. Those principles are liberty, and the economic system that supports it is capitalism. Simple. 245 years, the country was the most powerful, the richest. It wasn't because politicians were in control. It was because they were restrained from control. Yet here we are in the year 2021 when American government has bastardized capitalism and those principles of Americanism, has sabotaged an economic system that made the currency the envy of the world. It is now the largest creditor and debtor. In fact, we are so broke, we need to increase limitations set on government, even though at the same time, it reaps the most revenue from taxation that it's ever done, setting records. But it's never enough when the political bodies that control it want to continue to destroy it because they realize in there lies their strength. Chris Markowski is the host of the Watchdog on Wall Street radio show and president of Markowski Investments. I wanted to bring him on to see if, in fact, we are going to have to accept the corporatism, or if we can still save capitalism. Chris, how are you? Good evening. Great to be here. Thank you so much for joining me. I believe that the trajectory of the country was set when George W. Bush said we had to break the rules of capitalism in order to save it, and that we've been lying to ourselves since 2008. Am I wrong? No, it's a very astute point. Uh, I mean, we could even go back, you know, the rules of capitalism. I think capitalism also breaks down with societal norms being wrecked and you can go back to LBJ and great society. But yeah, as far as, as far as basically changing the rules of the game, absolutely. Um, you know, here we go. We got to bail out uh, companies and we now have too big to fail in the United States and too big to fail doesn't work with capitalism. You need companies to go out of business. There's nothing wrong with that. Failures are part of the system that we have. But it's expanded beyond the banks. It's now at regulatory capture. Uh, you're a big business. You're a big company. Get in bed with the right politicians. The regulations actually help you and your exactly. business because it pushes out all the small players, all the people that are working, trying to come up, all the new ideas out there. And without a doubt, it's hurting growth here in this economy. They keep pushing, you know, talking about the haves and the have-nots and the separation. Most economic growth and definitely jobs growth 
in this country always comes from businesses that are five years old and younger. Bigger businesses is a wash. What we need is get back to that. It's, it's a difficult thing to do right now. It's like an axis of evil. It's big business, politicians, and the media working hand-in-hand hand to further their own needs. And, Chris, that too-big-to-fail really started in socialism, in Marxist policies. And it was really implemented by uh, prior to, to Barack Obama, prior to LBJ, an American socialist of FDR, who understood that if he could implement these policies that were, in fact, destined to collapse, destined to be bankrupt, he could use that failure as an excuse to constantly make them grow. Isn't that what we see in this new so-called infrastructure and the made-up word of reconciliation, which is really a treasure, treasure trove for the American Soviet to constantly, constantly beat America over the head in perpetuity in order to make these new entitlements constantly grow? Well, the entitlements, you know, then the funny thing, you know, as well as I do, once entitlements start, they never go away. It's one of the most difficult things to do. I mean, I even talked about that when John McCain gave the, the thumbs down. And I'm a big believer if it wasn't John McCain, it would have been somebody else uh, that would have put, gave him the thumbs down because they don't like to take anything away. And we can you know, talk about Democrats and Republicans. Republicans expanded uh, entitlements uh, at, a, at a greater pace. Then Democrats did, if you want to go back all the way, you know, past LBJ on through. I mean, Bush with his, uh, you know, his reform when it came to you know, the drugs and Medicare and everything else. We constantly are adding on to these things and we're getting people addicted to these handouts and giveaways. There's a great Cato Institute study several years ago. Getting people addicted to, to handouts and giveaways, is, it basically does the same thing getting addicted with the opiates. It, it destroys communities. It takes away everything that people are going to be. I'm a big believer that, that, you know, people need to overcome obstacles and achieve goals to, to actually fulfill themselves in life. And what we're doing is we're not helping these people. We're making it worse. You know, I remember I, I, I was an old Merck trader, but I was the, I, I, I lied to myself thinking that the companies that made up the S&P 500 were actually capitalist companies. The reality of what you saw in 2008, that those companies, they don't like capitalism any more than Bernie Sanders does. And now you've got Wall Street, which is what your show is dedicated to, to, to being a watchdog group. The 30 companies that make up the Dow Jones are all underwritten through, through government subsidies, government favoritism. How can we pull it back, Chris? Or is it, in fact, too ingrained in our acceptance of our idea of what the market is, what capitalism is, to ever go back to... to what I thought was the, the 80s where capitalism was, was what created the, the, the yuppie, what was responsible for the economic boom we enjoyed after uh, Clinton, or I'm, I'm Carter, excuse me, the Reagan revolution and the idea that you were supposed to be unrestrained, unmolested by government. Or is it going to be this new version of, of a Democrat government supremacist society where they can only pick winners and losers forever? Well, the good thing is, is you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but co we still do have companies that, that fail, that, that go under for whatever reason it may be, new technologies that come along. I, I think the way that, again, we, we break this is, again, yeah, it's the people we decide to go run the country. Um, I, I don't know if it's term limits. I've always been a big advocate of, of getting people in and out, not just termed out of position um, in D.C., uh, in one position, but termed out of D.C. altogether. 
You're only allowed a certain amount of years to even be in Washington. Have to stop allowing these people after they've worked in uh, their quote unquote government service then and going and working on various different corporate boards of directors. There's a myriad of things that we're going to have to do. Uh, I, I say it all the time, you know, if you actually look and you mentioned, you know, hey, in your, your promo there, your hand is on the Declaration of Independence. The people running the country are not the types of people that would sign the Declaration of Independence, basically guaranteeing their death if they got caught. It's not the type of people we have running the country right now, and it's unfortunate, but that's what we have to look to. And again, this is people got to make better choices. Um, the parties that we have right now, eh, you know what? One is not that much different than the other one. And there's some good ones out there, but, uh, you know, it's few and far between. So let's talk about what was really the, the blessing of, of America prior to, the, to COVID, was that small business could operate independent of government. And that after COVID, the bipartisan agreement to shut down small business and place the, the citizen under house arrest and take away their livelihood and forever put in place this system where you destroy through one foul swoop small business. You, you literally put it on the sidelines. In order for the, some of them to operate, they had to go in debt to terms they didn't have or didn't understand of government lending. Have, has that COVID, the real, pan, or the real fallout of COVID, been you have taken away capitalism among small business in the country for the foreseeable future? It's, it's hard right now. Um, and again, this, to get it back, that's the key is you got to get capital into the hands of these entrepreneurs and bring back the animal spirits uh, that we used to have here in this country. Um, it's not good when, when you're a, a type A personality or go getter, you're a business person and you look out the window. And as a small business person, you got to deal with regulations it's like a minefield out there. And they're constantly changing all the time or it gets to be more expensive to do what you need to do. I've got clients. I've got friends that own restaurants. In New York City, they get texts at the end of the day. Here's another rule. Here's another thing that we've got to adapt on the, on the fly every single day with all of this COVID nonsense that's, that's, you know, they keep pushing on people that makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, today you had uh, Dr. Gottlieb come out and basically say, yeah, the whole uh, social distancing thing, that was just arbitrary. We just made it up. And, and you know, you think about this, it's just it's patently absurd what we're putting people through. You know, here's the other thing. I thought the taxes were not something that they could stuff in a spending bill. I thought that the way that which taxes were passed were because people had the opportunity to tell their representatives what they would accept and what they wouldn't. Is this new way of, of, of really passing confiscatory taxes, of putting it on these emergency bills, these reconciliation bills that are attached to infrastructure bills, I mean, how can we establish the American principled government that really was given to us? This is not, in my opinion, all of these bills, these omnibus bills that are jammed down our throats, all of the spending, all the taxes, I believe them to be unconstitutional and illegal. Why do I not have representatives discussing this and fighting for the principles of, hey, if you want to pass this on the people, then you have to do it in the right fashion. You cannot hide it in these bills. Why is that not being even talked about anymore? Well, the reason simple is see, you you're, you know you make one hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year. I, as I said, I manage people's money. I'm a registered investment advisor, and I, I actually mentioned this on my show a couple weeks ago. I said I'm not that good. If you make one hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year, 
you know, 15, 20 years from now, you're not going to have uh, $50 million. I'm sorry. I'm not that good. But if you go to Washington, D.C., you make $170,000 a year. Somehow you're, you're a millionaire 10, 20, 50, 100 times over in no, in no time. And that's the reality. I mean, it's one of the, the amount of power that you have. You're talking trillions of dollars being funneled through one place. They're all like Don Fanucci there and Godfather 2 going around with yeah. their white suit on, you know, wetting their beak and, and touching all of this. You've got some of the wealthiest zip codes in this country surrounding Washington, D.C., and this is the antithesis of what the founders of this country wanted. We've concentrated power into D.C. They control it. The states have given it up. They basically take, you know, the whole federalism, just throw it out the window. More and more governors, yeah, let the federal government handle it rather than doing it on our own. Um, maybe that's the solution. Maybe we're giving more states, basically taking it on their own and trying to, you know, hold on to those dollars and try to do more within the states. That might be a way. That's why we see states like Florida doing pretty well. Uh, states, uh, you know, like Tennessee, um, you know, many others, uh, Arizona, others that Texas have done very, very well by by going a different route. Chris, remember in 2008 those protesters that came out. The name of them escapes me. They. Uh... They were against corporatism. They, 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 they almost were painted into a corner of being communist. But when you listen to what, Occupy Wall Street, when you, listen to, uh, yes. when you listen to what they were actually saying, you realize that what they were mad at was not capitalism. A lot of what I hear from the, from the left, they also are disgusted with exactly what you just said. They're not happy with the fact that these politicians go there and become millionaires. They're not happy with exactly what has bastardized capitalism, lobbying. Do you think there is a common ground that we can finally agree on from the far left to the far right? We did not sign on for you to have lobbyists write these thousand, multi-thousand page bills and to really, in essence, create law out of corruption, not representation. Do you think that if we can come together on that, we can maybe end the real problem in America, which is this pay-to-play scheme that we all accept as the norm? What you're saying to me is is fascinating, because this is what I thought was happening back in 2016, because many of the things that Bernie Sanders was saying were many of the things that Donald Trump was saying. Yeah. And they were getting out the crowd they, in, in their, their condemnation of what was wrong, what's going wrong with the country. Very, very similar. Very similar. Now, Bernie's ideas in regards to fixing it are they're patently absurd. It's like, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. But, you know, the, the problems and the complaints that they had were very, very similar. And, and I agree with that. I, I do think that there's a lot of common ground uh, that can be had. But again, this is where I talk about is my access of evil, big business politicians in the mainstream media. Media won't have that. They, they, they want the two sides fighting against one another, battling against one another on a regular basis. Um, that's their job. And, it's, and again, you can, uh, the old Charlemagne there, divide and conquer. It works for people in power. Now, before I let you plug your stuff, which I'm going to let you do, I want your prediction because I, unfortunately, although I look phenomenal, I'm old. I have been around for half a century, and I believe, and I live in the, you know, I grew up in the, in the hub of the Democrat mafia, Chicago, Illinois, in a suburb right outside of it. I believe that well, I, this. I, lived, bill, I, lived, I grew up in a satellite state in Albany, New York, so oh, we're very similar. We are very similar. Um, <laughs> I believe that this bill, unfortunately, and the reconciliation that goes along with it, will be shoved down our throats. 
do you share any optimism in the fact that it may, in fact, be held off? I, I, I want you to be optimistic, but I'm a realist. What do you think? Yeah, I'm a big, I mean, you just get, you, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes, you know, Manchin has never gone, you know, disagreed or done, never voted against Biden or anything that Biden really wanted to do. So, you know, I don't know what type of game he's playing at this point in time or what it's going to take uh, to get him to, to, you know, to eventually sign off on this. And, and again, I'm not being honest here. I'm not seeing much much pushback at all with Republicans on this. I mean, they should be going nuts, yeah. you know, uh, on this and talking about this. But I think it's, you know, again, they want to get their, you know, to be in charge again. And they feel, oh, you know what, uh, they'll, they'll shove it down and then we'll win and then we'll get our committee chairmanships back and uh, we'll win this ball game. To them, it's almost like an, it's almost like a, a tennis match between friends, for crying yeah. out loud, is how they go about <laughs> operating. That's great. Now, listen, I don't want you to steal my government supremacist, but I give you absolute permission to use it. I also want to know the fruit of Mussolini's loins through your old contacts in the old neighborhood. Where is nipple piercing Cuomo and is his brother as stupid as I think he is? <laughs> I actually played lacrosse against his brother in high school. So it's <laughs> Oh, I hope you crushed him. Did you at least get a good shot and crush him? Hey, let me ask you a question. Do you think he went, he was a Cuomo. Do you think he went to a public school? Where did no, he go? No, of course Albany not. Albany Academy. Of course not. But everybody else has got to go to, you know, that's, that, uh, yeah. That, All right. <laughs> back well, in the day. <laughs> where can we listen to your stuff? Because I, I, I really enjoy your perspective. Where can I go? Uh, just go to my website, watchdogonwallstreet.com. My uh, radio show's available there. My podcast or anything else you want to take a look at, my columns and all sorts of good stuff. So I was an old commodity guy, and I became a registered investment advisor. I let the license go because I worked for a scoundrel, scam artist, Ponzi scheme guy. And I identified I left after six months. I remember listening back then to the way in which they were trying to put lipstick on pigs and sell it to the people. And I kind of rejected. I said, boy, oh, boy, you guys are real Z-Bart on undercarriage salesmen. Do you do you think that the future and these kids who are spoiled but yet they don't want to practice capitalism in that in that way? Do you think maybe ironically the entitled socialists may demand that we get rid of this corporatism? Do you think we got a shot from the inside of that financial market, those guys who go to work on Wall Street and they're listening to it? Do you think there's enough of them to reject it? I, I think that, I, I, again, I see it through the kids and the kids that I coach. Um, I, I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good ones out there. There is. Yeah. Uh, millennials have been very, very difficult to deal with. That's the whole, uh, you know, uh, everybody gets a trophy group. Yeah. And we're, we're dealing with the effects of that. But the younger kids coming up, you know, the ones that I'm seeing. I'm hoping they reject the corporate wall, the, the, the Wall Street corruption that was kind of ingrained in the system. I'm hoping they hear it as they become you know, uh, adults and go into finance and they say, well, wait a minute, this isn't right. I really am. I'm hoping that these kids save us. I, I, I think that's going to happen. I do. Well, we had it with our gen. We had generation X. We managed to figure it out. Yeah. I love it. Well, listen, Chris, thanks for joining me. I truly appreciate it. Come back. Will you? Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. All right. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. You know, while I was talking to Chris, he had said he, he became, he was a registered investment advisor of which I, I, also had that license. I, I, I had to get that stuff when I traded. And um, I remember going to the, the class, and those classes were given by, uh, you know, your standard men of letters who were really kind of professing 
what I felt to be a bastardization of capitalism. And I would argue with the professor all the time. And I remember going through the class thinking they're not really enjoying the benefits or espousing the principles of capitalism. What they were really trying to do is teach you how to get people to trust you with your own, with their money. And I thought to myself, this is an industry where there are some wonderful guys, but it, it was riddled with the idea of selling people a fraud, a government subsidized economy, which is what we have. And, um, it's always nice to meet somebody who rejects those principles and speaks for capitalism. And that's why I think hopefully the future, those kids coming up, will understand the difference. And you know where you're going to talk about that? Freedom Summit 2021. It's coming back to Chicagoland area. It's presented by Matrix Home Solution, and it's happening on Saturday, November 6th at the Westin Chicago Northwest in Itasca. This year's featured speakers will include Senator Ted Cruz, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and Esther Souza. The day includes book signings, breakout sessions, and much more. You can come and meet me along with Dan and Amy. Buy, but tickets are selling fast, so don't wait to purchase yours. Go to freedomsummitchicago.com. Get yours today. That's freedomsummitchicago.com. And join us at Freedom Summit 2021 on November 6th. I'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Make Me Believe Monday. The Rand Corporation, in conjunction with the Saucer People. Thank you. Under the supervision of the Reverse Vampires, are forcing our parents to go to bed early in a fiendish plot to eliminate the meal of dinner. We're through the looking glass here, people. I was fighting the power and breaking conspiracies before you saw your first chemtrail, you punks. So I love this segment, even though it was started because a couple of butter hands here at the studio were making fun of me. Conspiracy theorist. Yuri Bezmenov told us in the 70s what the American Marxists were doing in policy in order to overthrow our government, or our American principles, really, via the government. And it worked. I believe that the progressive tax is... In fact, the number two plank of the Communist Manifesto for a reason. It is meant to destroy the ability for Americans to be independent from government. In fact, if used properly, you can actually keep 50% of society on the government dole. Ta-da! That's not a conspiracy theory. That's the reality of things. I could also see the logo of the IRS and the Nazi Eagle badge. Very similar. I'm aware of how many Nazis were in America while the IRS was being formed. It's unquestionable. Furthermore, I understand the way in which they pass laws is to lie to the people. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a fact. They lied to us when they said that withholding tax was temporary after World War II. No, it's not. It's very permanent and it's getting steeper they lied when they said social security is an insurance policy no it's not it's a tax of another name and you don't want to give it to the people that deserve it you want to give it to people that don't deserve it and you want to constantly use it as a weapon so i don't care how many butter-handed people tell me it's a conspiracy theory no i'm right you're wrong dummy but then again 
It's what happens when you listen to people who hate their lives and want to justify taking other people's money for their victimhood. Sound familiar, conspiracy theory? I think not. But give me yours and we'll see. Christine, I'm saving you for last and Roger Spark because that might be the best one ever. Chad, Crystal Lake. Sean, you're the man, buddy. Thank you. Love your stuff. Thank you. I appreciate Keep it. Spreading the word. So, anyways, um, that Joe Biden will step down a day into the third year of his term. Kamala Harris will take over as president, and then that doesn't count as a full term for her, so she can be reelected for another four and then reelected for four, so she could be president for 10 years. Please tell me that it's not true. Not only, I, here's why, I like where you're going with it. But that assumes oh, <laughs> that assumes that Joe Biden can make it to year three. Have you taken a look at this guy lately, brother? You see him walking. Yeah. He's, he's like he's like a baby on grass. His, he doesn't even his walk. Eyes good. are black. You, you think, ever notice his yeah. eye color? It's straight black. He I love you. Blue. I love the call. I love where you're going. But there's no way he makes it to year three. That's the only reason I'm going to say it's not happening. Thank you, Chad, for the phone All call. Right. <laughs> Boy, the lines fill up in a hurry. Robert in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Very good, buddy. All right, here's my, I found out from a reliable source at the supermarket that taking the coronavirus disease um, vaccination is, will actually cause people to vote Democrat per uh, Dr. Fauci who controls it. What do you think? I, I love that your reliable source is at the supermarket. That right there is a big win. But I'm Thank not you. convinced. I'm not convinced. Although maybe if they could link it to losing IQ points. I would completely believe it. So you got to work on the sound effects. There's there's sound effects for yes and for no. We got to get Keith, the creator of it, in here. All right, I can't wait till the end. I'm going to Christine in Rogers Park right now. Hi, Christine. All right. Hi. Hello again. What's Rogers Park? All right. No, Didn't realize we were splitting Rogers Park, but all right, whatever. Oh, hey, listen. In Chicago, you could do what you want. Man. It's his danger zone. Go ahead. This is a good one. <laughs> Agreed. Um, but realtors like the different name. Anyways, I was calling for timelines. So these weird groups I get in, they're posting today, a lot of them saying that JFK is going to be the next vice president. I'm like, JFK <laughs> is dead. And then they say, oh, no, JFK disappeared with his fiance or his wife and her sister because he was going to run against Hillary Clinton. I said, no, your oh, timeline's off. She didn't run them. Do you know what I'm, I'm really worried about done. with your phone call? There's people out there that would spew this that still have the right to vote. What are you, nuts? All right, go, go ahead, finish no. up. Then fin- they said it was a senator race that it was about. Now that timeline matches up. Boy, oh, boy, this does explain welfare, though. Thank you very much, Christine. Absolutely not. Oh. JFK back and to the left. The only argument is whether Oswald was part of the CIA and they were in on it or not, that I'll entertain. But he gone. Elvis, gone. The real shocker is that Joe Biden is alive. That's the surprise. All right. Uh, Carlos, Lake in the Hills. Sean, love the show. How you doing? Good, brother. How are you? I'm good. Hey, uh, Common Core math is being taught in schools in order for parents not being able to help their kids with their homework. Therefore, the kids end up thinking that the parents are stupid. Or the parents could just be stupid. I'll go with either one of those. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll never forget that old, oh, this must be the new math. No, dummy. It's just because you didn't pay attention the first time. 312-642-5600. I'm going to take Jesse in Hammond. 
Hey, Sean, how's it going? Wonderful. How are you? Hey, I believe that the government uh, might cut some of these government goodies that they're giving to all these uh, people that are on the government dole, like the welfare, the food stamps, child care, even free abortions, take it all the way or threaten to take it all the way if they don't get their shot. I believe you. That. There you go, Jesse. I absolutely believe it. And I've always had the question, though, why aren't you forcing the people on those benefits to take the vaccine rather than the people who work and contribute to take the vaccine? That's what I was wondering. Uh, JFK was born in May 1917 and would be 104 years old. Do you think that's the strongest part of that argument to beat that nonsense? That, non- that was absolute and total nonsense. My only shocker is, are the people in that group comedians or are they actually dumb enough to believe that 312-642-5600 Elvis is dead I hate to break it to you JFK long gone the only question is was it the CIA organized crime or a combination of both same ones that turned Mena Arkansas into a drug distribution headquarters I'll take your calls and comments after that it's official I got another text on my phone she obviously was talking about JFK Jr. and then they ended with dummy well, I didn't pay attention to JFK Jr. Sorry. I'm not a teenage girl. I didn't have a crush on him because he had good hair. To me, any moron that takes like seven times to pass the bar, aside from Richard Daly, what the hell is he going to do? But I might be wrong. Obviously, he had a hard time with the gauges on the plane. Call me silly. But if he's alive and he comes back, how does that work? I'm back, and I'm here to be your senator. I mean, really? Explain the whole thing about the plane there, dummy. And I'm the dummy? All right. Let's go to Kevin in Texas. He's got a good one. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Sean. I think that you're uh, you're doing a real estate deal for George Soros in Florida, <laughs> and he's going to he's going to give you a very hefty commission. All right. And that's why you don't support the uh, precinct project to have more uh, local people become uh, Republican precinct. Candidates. Or or it's because I know that a very prominent Republican throws <laughs> fundraisers for Don Harmon, of all things, and the Illinois Republican Party should be washed and scrubbed like it just went to Tijuana for a bachelor party. What do you think of that? I think you're right. That's right. why more local people have to become precinct candidates. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very happy. My, you got to remember, I'm registered in Collier County, Florida. I'm very happy with my people. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. Tom and Cherville, I am not the yeah, liaison yeah, for yeah. George Soros. Go ahead. Yeah, Sean, this one uh, heard before. I believe uh, the Biden administration is scoping out land in the western part of the United States in order to, you know, bring back the internment camps uh, like FDR did, only different kinds of people for these. Well, here's what you can do. Here's the one thing you could say. I'll be the canary in the coal mine. Because I have been calling this rat, bastard, political whore exactly what he is since he reared his fake Botox face and his diaper-wearing derriere. So when I go, I will uh, maybe agree with that. But until now, I don't think so. But anything is possible when the Fourth Reich is in charge. And one thing's for sure. I would have said it's impossible for a government in America to seize your business and put you under house arrest. I would have said that. I would have been wrong. I would have said it's impossible for enough people to buy the spiel of socialism from this 50-year obvious fraud. I would have said that. I'd have been wrong. So I might be wrong. I might be wrong on underestimating the capability 
of what the what our government unfortunately is able to do. I I wouldn't have thought any of this would be possible. I wouldn't have thought the country could look at a thirty trillion dollar debt and say what we need is more BS like we get in the city of Chicago and the Soviet Union so that one day we can have a utopia. I wouldn't have bought any of this. I didn't think we were dumb enough to be an American Marxist. But look at what the Democrat Party has become. I would have been wrong. So never underestimate the evil of an American Democrat. I'll be back in 21 hours. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.